Welcome to Dancing with Gravity, my podcast into the life of a traveler. My name is Cyril Rabat, I'm your host, and I'm French. Deal with it. I've been a professional juggler for the past 25 years, and in this episode, I want to touch on my juggling school that I just started online, and I'd like to answer a friend, or at least someone I talked to online that suggested some uh, topics for this to- this podcast, which really made me so happy because that's the first time I'm kind of like communicating with uh, listeners and they're telling me like, hey, that would be cool to hear about that. And that really made me happy for some reason. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, there's at least one person in the world listening to that then. So I'd like to touch on that. Um, But first, I want to just share a few thoughts about starting uh, my juggling school online. And how, how much... like joy and and also hope it's bringing in my life because I'm realizing as I'm teach has been I've been teaching like for 5 weeks now that I really love teaching I really 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 love teaching it it feels so good to like give feedback corrections directions and help a fellow juggler like make a step in their technique and in their understanding of juggling. And when they do, and it clicks, and, you know, there's this sense of, like, accomplishment and, and, and making a big step that I don't know what happens in your body exactly or in your brain, but anyway, it feels good. And I share that feeling um, I can I can see what they're going through, and because I've been going through that myself, learning to juggle, I can relate to that feeling, and it makes me so happy to see people make steps. the The downside of that is 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 that I'm really focused on growth like generally as a human being i don't i don't think it's possible to like not grow it's like it's for me like not growing is like death or at least spiritual death like the end of your life and you know staying the same doesn't make any sense to me like so that's kind of like personal like nearly like philosophical or even spiritual, like, this is who I am, I just, I like to grow, I mean, I resist the heck out of it, and and it's hard, and it's uncomfortable, but it's kind of like the purpose of life, my purpose of life is to grow, to keep, to keep growing, to keep learning, to keep growing, to keep changing, to keep learning more about myself, deeper, learning about the world, like, just growing, and when I don't, I, I just feel uncomfortable and I start 
um, just stagnating and stagnation is not good. Uh, just as a concept for me, like, you know, I don't want to stagnate. But the problem with that is, is that it kind of like dictate my style of teaching is that I'm, when I have students or, you know, jugglers, students coming in, in, or other artists and they want to learn about juggling or they want to create an act, they want to develop a presence, you know, like stage presence and get deeper, dive deeper into their, how, how good they are on stage. I really love teaching that, but then I'm, I'm definitely going to challenge a lot. And, and I'm realizing not everybody is, you know, is, is like that. Like not ev everybody wants to grow as fast as possible. You know, some people are cool with just where they are at and, and they want to learn, but a little bit, you know, they just want to make a little step and then they're happy with that little step. And that's okay. It's just not who I am and therefore not how I teach. So I'm be, I've been seeing that like people are getting way more than what they expected coming to a juggling class. Because sometimes I even touch on like, you know, like the fact learning to juggle is not just about the physical dexterity of your body. It's also triggering so many different emotions um, the frustration of failing and trying again or the frustration of like um, repeating the same exercise for weeks at a time and not going anywhere and I know that feeling I know exactly how you how you can feel when that happens but it's just part of juggling and a beauty of juggling is that there's no imme immediate reward you're not there's no guarantee by the end of an hour session you're just going to get it. It takes time and sometimes it plays tricks on you. Like your mind takes time to get to the concept and you never know when it's going to click. But I do know that it's going to click. There's no way it's not going to click. I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone that when they put the time and the effort doesn't it never works it's, if it never works it's because the technique is not right like something's off but that's what i'm my pride is on knowing those things and that's why what i'm teaching is the technique of juggling so i i know where to focus your attention so it does click eventually but there's no guarantee it's going to click in three minutes it might take three weeks and so the beauty of juggling is to go through that process and be okay with that process and, and be at peace with all the emotions that comes up, the frustration, the anger, uh, the joy, the being annoyed and, and just having to stick with it and just keep going. So you're developing s such resilience and, and patience and consistency and all those traits of character are are positive, are great. You know, it's, it's good to be resilient. It's good to be able to keep going and, and like be patient. All, the, all of those are, are great to have in life in general. So when my student hit the frustration and all that, I'm like, well, 
you thought you came to a juggling class to just learn to juggle? No, you came to a juggling class to learn about yourself, to grow as a human being and not just become better at the, you know, on the physical level, with the dexterity of your fingers or the understanding of the juggling pattern. You actually came here to develop like those character traits that makes you a stronger human being and it's tough because growth is tough physical growth is tough but mental and spiritual growth is even tougher actually if you look around what are people doing they're growing physically all the time that's the easy part the tough part is in your mind is is the tough part is the spiritual part like understanding yourself on a higher level and i i believe juggling learning to juggle encompass all that includes all that and we should pay attention to all that so that's that's what i'm teaching but sometimes it's it backfire because because people don't know because basically they're they're getting into all of that when they come to my classes and i'm having a hard time tuning down uh my teaching that's just who i am and that's that's what that's why i'm so passionate about juggling because it's triggering all those different levels um so that's that's one thing that i'm realizing with the teaching and another part is i'm really happy to 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 have been started that like from the us because i already felt like the us had more permission to create new things and also the the us is based on the concept of capitalism and and creating a business out of thin air and just making a living out of it and charging for it and everybody's fine with that it's like oh okay cool you're doing that well yeah you know like it's it's not the same mentality in france where i come from like businesses actually being a business owner is not that great like position in society like i mean at least where i come from um you know an artist family you're like well big business owners mostly like taking advantage of everybody else so there's like distorted vision of business and it's not very positive it's actually pretty negative so you don't want to be like this you know archetype of like the fat business owner smoking a cigar drinking whiskey and being a bitch basically and so here in america it's not the same it's like it's this thing of like oh you're you're self-made main you're like the american dream like yeah you can make it you can start from scratch and do do your own company from nothing and then become a millionaire and then everybody's going to praise that because that's the american dream that's the essence of america that's like that's what america is built on so it's different but at the same time i hate being greedy i i i think i was at one point in my life i think i i think i was greedy honestly it's weird because i've never been rich i never had more than like i think probably the most i ever had in a bank account was ten thousand dollar 
Um, and I probably have that like a couple of times in my life. But on average, I have what, like a thousand bucks on my bank account? Like this is just like the norm. I mean, in the past, that was negative thousand bucks because in France, it works differently. The bank system, like the credit card and debit card are kind of like fused together. So you kind of like go back and forth. So it's probably negative thousand bucks majority of my life. And then recently I'm kind of like above a thousand, but that's pretty much it. So how can you be greedy without money? But I, I guess I was. And now I'm like, I don't want to be greedy. I think I think it's awful. Like, this is the worst human character ever for me. Greed. And I hate it. And I really believe greed is, at least partially, if it's not overwhelmingly, responsible for fucking us over and, 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 and you know, driving the world in to a wall because of human greed and just keep, you know, building shit and use his resources just, just for personal enrichment. Um, so I don't want to be greedy. And it's also not the spirit of the circus. Like when I, I, I became who I am because the people I met in the circus all over the world, have been so generous with their knowledge and their support that they helped me become who I am. And I barely ever paid anything for it. Like, if I ever paid anything in the circus, I would have paid, like, I don't know, probably like a few thousand bucks total like, in my entire life, in my entire career. Um, I paid, you know, like, to have, like, a a teacher in Moscow, Nadezhda, I, I did pay the school, but it was not that much money. Um, I paid for um, an artistic director to build one of my shows. It's the same. It wasn't that much money. You know, it's like, but most overwhelmingly, I, I never paid. Like, just people were just generous with their knowledge and I, I feel like I want to give back and I also want to respect that feeling. And so there's this conflict of like, well, I understand now that I need to be responsible and, and make money to live. Like in the, before, not long ago, I, did, I had no freaking idea of what it meant to be responsible. I was an eternal like teenager, but... Now I know and I want to be able to like, you know, afford having a house and afford having a few stuff and afford buying good food and maybe one day having health insurance, you know, may maybe, uh, especially if I want to have a kid with my wife, like probably need health insurance, which would be smart. So there's a few things like that, that eventually I want to be able to afford, but I'm conflicted about that. So right now I'm like offering all the classes for free for people I can pay, cannot pay because I'm like, why, why would I keep that away from people if they really want to, you know, if they value my teaching and they understand what they're going to get out of it and they, they get a lot out of it. Like 
I, I do want people to grow. I want to help people to grow. That's kind of like one of my purpose on the planet is to, to help others. And I'm not here to like fix them or heal them, but I, if I can share what I know best and they can learn from it and find joy out of it, like this is the best reward I can get. But at the same time, I do make, need to make a living. So there's the both like optimistic part of me and pessimistic part of me that are like battling because weirdly enough I'm like both you know like we talk about that like you hear like oh you're this type of person or that type of person I already have the feeling I'm both it's like depending on the topic or the probably depending on the time of the day I'm like very pessimistic on where the world is going and how people are just greedy pieces of shit and at the same time i'm hyper optimistic and i'm trusting 100 people to be able to honestly sign up for my classes choosing the price that works for them and i'm not even thinking about oh people are going to take advantage of me and they're not going to pay even if they can and i'm like so this is highly optimistic. I'm actually trusting the human soul to like be honest because I'm I'm not even requiring people to, to to do anything. I'm just literally posting different prices on the website all the way to zero, and I'm people can sign up. And so there's no need to ask me for anything. There there's no you don't need to jump through hoops to get to like not pay it's like you literally it's as easy as paying as not paying it's the same thing it's like the same page the same the same step you either pay or pay less or don't pay so it's like i don't control any of that and i'm trusting that people you know are honest so this is highly optimistic right and i'm like realizing i'm both so I'm, I don't know if I'm, if I should stop doing that eventually and be like, no, it's actually, it has value and there's a certain, you know, and if you want to access that, you need to pay the value, which is very okay in the American society. But at the same time, I think I have a fear probably deep that inside that people are not going to see the value and maybe not going to want to pay. So at least if I offer it for free, you know, people have nothing to lose, I guess. And maybe it's validating because people, even if people are coming for free, they're like coming. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, a, that, that's interesting. That's actually interesting to find the balance in a capitalistic world and do art and offer growth on a human level and be like this in a way has no price but life has a price i guess nowadays so still wrestling with that but might change and evolve through time i don't really know where it's going now so the person that i've been communicating on online name is I don't know how to pronounce that. Thrahi, T H R W W Y, four hundred and ten. 
which is pretty cool because I don't know if it's a uh, man or a woman or or otherwise I don't uh, I don't know where we're at right now in the society it looks like there's a bunch of different uh, ways you can go about gender so I don't know the gender and I really like that online because I've never been online that much in my life so I had no idea the feeling but now I'm realizing actually online relationships can be very meaningful and very powerful and I realized that I'm, sometimes I'm talking and um, exchanging with people online now that I do twitch for example like four times a, a week and I have people interacting with me I, I actually don't know you know their gender their age their origin where they're living and we go in pretty deep conversation and very later down the road I discover oh they're male or they're female or they live in India or they live here and you know like and it's like really interesting because it really makes irre irrelevant like origins and status and you know a lot of stuff that I guess people base their judgment on when they're being racist there's just no way of knowing you're actually really just talking to the intellect of someone and and that's been very positive i mean there, there is also like there are also people uh like trolls like i had no idea what, what it was before i heard the term but i didn't know what trolls were online and i so you know like when people start like throwing some weird messages that they're terrorists or they're gonna come and rape you or something it's like what and and then i was like oh i had a friend explain to me like oh this those are trolls and i was like what is, is it is it automated is it, is it actually a real human being coming in and saying those weird shit and that's where like my my worst pessimistic views of the world are coming in like what the fuck like are there really people that don't have anything to do in their miserable life that they're spending time browsing online and sending weird offensive messages to strangers it's like really like the, what the fuck you know it's like i i don't even i cannot even conceive that because this is really so foreign to me to like how i would behave in life because who would do that like face to face suddenly blurting some like thing about being a terrorist and raping you it's like you, you know and it's like online this online thing really like gives space to like the worst of humanity and people think that because they're hiding behind like a fake name or i don't know how you call that like their their weird name online that can be just a series of number basically or whatever you want so there's anonymity this you know and but it's not the majority that's that's what i'm learning is that the majority of people are very decent and are not just decent they're awesome they're really interesting and passionate and and engaging 
beautiful conversation and curious. But there's also the trolls. I found this very funny because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying, you know, when I get a question, weird question, I'm always like giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, are they actually like, you know, I got someone asking me the other day, like, so how much balls can you put in your mouth? And I was like, well, it actually could be a legit question because in juggling, uh, you can juggle ping pong balls and put them in your mouth and blow them up on top of your head and then do that with multiple balls. And it's actually a very highly difficult skill. <laughs> so I know a guy who can juggle five ping pong ball in his mouth. So you, it's actually a legit question. But I think the person was trying to be offensive and refer to like probably male balls, like like sucking a cock or something. And I was like, so I, I was like, well, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to talk to you about, you know, blowing ping pong balls because that's actually something we do in juggling. Uh, that, was, that was funny, right? Because it's like, uh, I was giving the benefit of the doubt and trying to get to the question. It's actually asking interesting questions, but so, well, this person I've been uh, com communicating, I said, um, told me they were listening to my podcast uh, once in a while. And I was like, this is awesome. Do you have any, you know, desire to hear about this or that? And they actually gave me three different points. And one point, first point is um, covering the topic of keeping your body relaxed while juggling, breathing, cues, etc. And I thought, well, this, this is a very good question because there's so much to that. And I'm realizing that in my teaching, I actually give... Um, feedback based on what I see the person doing in front of me so when I teach online it's a live class so I can see the person and then I always give very direct feedback on their posture and their body position and whatever they're doing and I'm realizing that's why I also want to keep my juggling school live and I'm not really interested in creating uh, videos because the video has no direct feedback when I do a video it's just um, pre-recorded so and I think that's why jugglers have you know like you can get good resources watching a video online but the, it, it's never going to be as good as a live class where you can get direct feedback on your form and, and get feedback on what you need individually which is going to be different for everybody so this is challenging in a sense that it's more about like talking about the the theory of juggling and so theoretically the body the body shouldn't be relaxed actually when you're juggling that's actually something that i see um and when i say that i'm not saying the body should be tense i'm, I'm I'm actually talking about like um, in between, like it's a dance. When you're juggling, you're, f you're looking for the balance between a relaxed and 
an engaged body. And so I talk about it like being engaged in your juggling. So you're not tense, you're not relaxed, you're engaged, but it's kind of like a balance of both. And it's easy when you're juggling to look for fluidity and ease because it is like, you know, when you juggle properly, your act, it's easy. And, and there's a feeling of ease and a feeling of fluidity in your body that is actually something that jugglers are looking for because it's very um, agreeable and uh, it's, it's actually bringing a lot of joy in the body and, and pleasure. So I would, I'm not saying let's not go there, but the problem is that eventually jugglers are only looking for that, like the relaxing part, and therefore losing touch with the more uh, physical aspect where like engaging the muscles and engaging the different muscle chain in your body to be very active while juggling. And, and that is a problem with technical juggling in a sense that above a certain amount of uh, object you're gonna have to be very engaged with your juggling like for example it's not really doable to juggle nine balls and be relaxed it's possible to juggle three balls and be relaxed but you cannot have the same level of relaxation in your nine balls so what i do in my methodology of juggling is that i apply all the elements you will need to juggle nine balls right from the beginning. So I, I always encourage my students to have the same level of attention, of engagement, and um, like the, the motor, like the engine, the engine of juggling. I'm trying to uh, ground it right from the beginning. So for me, it doesn't matter if you're juggling three, five, or ten objects. Be engaged the same way in your juggling because doing so, you're actually putting in place the right habits that you're going to need later down the road. So instead of waiting to be at a level at seven objects, for example, to start um, engaging your body the way seven object requires you to be. I want you to do it earlier so then when you get to seven object, there's less of, there's less of a big leap to be done. Your body is already conditioned. Your, your reflexes are already in place. So you actually need to do less to get to that place. You actually need to do less to get to the seven object trick you're trying to do. Uh, it's, it's only, and I'm doing air quote here, it's air quote only gonna be about uh, understanding the pattern, being a little faster, making sure the direction are right. So there's still a lot of things to be done, but if at least you can remove a few elements, it's not as overwhelming as if you're not ready, if your body is not conditioned to be juggling at that level, 
then you ha- you have a whole other layer of habits to put in place before you can even start doing that. So that, that that's the way I think about juggling and how I uh, create my juggling technique around that. And that I would say I really did came up with that concept and didn't learn that concept from anyone. It's just something that occurred to me when I was teaching and seeing other juggler and also simply juggling with myself and realizing when I was, you know, like trying to juggle uh, seven, eight, nine, ten balls. And then eventually, like after years and years of practice, I realized, wait a second, I can actually start my practice juggling three with the same level of dedication and engagement that I'm when I'm going to juggle ten. And, and I realized how important it was to, over time, um, carve into my muscles and my body and my brain the right habits all the time. And not just think, oh, now I'm juggling seven balls. Now I'm going to pay attention to that. But it's like, no, it's, no matter what I'm juggling, like what number, where I'm at in my juggling technique, I always want the highest level of attention and commitment because doing so, um, just simply training my body to do the right thing. So when I'm trying something overwhelming, like nine or ten balls, and I don't know yet how to do it, I can rely on my body just simply doing the right thing because it, my body is conditioned to do that and only that. So, yeah, it's kind of a tangent because, the you know, once again, the original question is keeping your body relaxed while juggling. But this is really more of my, the theory that I see. Now, there's a lot of different tricks. There's like breath and how you breathe and obviously simply just breathe when you're juggling like don't hold your breath also another trick that i could think about is like when you start juggling higher number like six seven eight plus balls when you start it's pretty good to start on an exhale so you like inhale and then exhale with your start is going to help start juggling and also it's going to help breathe because in, in, if you if you start juggling and you hold your breath, you have too many things to figure out, to think about. So the breathing kind of like comes last. Uh, maybe not for everybody, but like for some people, at least for me. So exhaling when you start kind of like triggers the breath and it's something pretty easy to do. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that for this question. And, well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, if you, if you, you, if it doesn't make sense, or if you have questions to clarify things, I'm realizing that I'd love to hear about, about it, I'd love for you to reach out to me, and tell me about it, and I'm pretty easy to find, right, like, you know my name by now, and basically, it's my name for everything, like any platform, 
my website, my email, everything is simply my name. So you you can find me pretty easily online to ask me a question. I'm literally everywhere. I'm trying to be. So the second question I got was a methodical approach to using visualization for juggling. And that's an amazing question. And I could understand it in many ways, like visualization, like actual like meditation visualization technique to like, you know, not juggle, but like close your eyes, sit down, meditate and visualize the juggling because visualize the pattern, the rhythm, which which is really good. Although I think it would be pretty advanced because you need to first experience in your body the rhythm and the pattern to really understand it so eventually you can visualize your juggling without being without actually juggling which is something i actually do i do before i juggle actually this is something that i do not necessarily like sit down and meditate it's more something that like before doing a trick so i'm warmed up i'm in my juggling practice and i'm gonna juggle eight balls for example before i start juggling eight balls I'm going to actually take uh, probably a few seconds, like probably up to five seconds to mentally go through my entire body to make sure I'm in the right position. I'm going to make sure I'm looking at the right spot. So if I'm juggling eight balls, I'm basically looking at the height of eight balls. I'm not looking in front of me starting juggling and then looking up to my juggling balls i'm actually first looking up and focusing on the spot i'm going to be looking at while juggling and then in my brain i kind of like summon or visualize the pattern of eight ball and then i start juggling kind of like mapping my juggling balls onto the pattern so I would say like that that's something that I actually do all the time, especially for harder tricks to really see the pattern first, even for a second, and then start juggling. And it's also the same thing. It's a habit thing. Like if you at the beginning, it might take like 15 seconds, but I think it's worth it to take that 15 seconds every time between every freaking repetition of your trick which is a lot like i'm ask actually asking you to be like really patient in your juggling and not just pick up the ball and boom start juggling again i'm saying pick up your your prop and stop make sure you're in the right position your body is actually uh in you know like you're aligned and your the weight of your body is evenly between your two feet and and right, left, front, back, and you're actually in the right position. Make sure your your hips, your shoulders, your shoulder blades, your elbows, make sure everything is in place. Then look at the height you're supposed to be looking at. Like if it's, you know, height of six, height of nine, height of whatever it is, just look there. And then visualize the pattern. Like just, just, in a way, it's like it's it's a feeling. It's like you're summoning the feeling. Like it's like okay, the rhythm, the pattern, the direction, and then once you're there, 
you're then you're ready to juggle. So it's like before juggling, there's like a whole kind of like you're putting things into place. And I'm seeing one of the very um, one one of the defaults I would say that I see very commonly is not taking that time. And for people to simply jump into the pattern. And while once they're in the pattern juggling, then they're trying to pay attention and, and, and figure out the pattern and, and trying to correct it. But by that time, it's too late. It's like you're already trying to, you know, especially if you're, if you're juggling, I don't know, seven, whatever it is, like a high number that, that is challenging it's kind of too late to try to figure it out. You want to, you want to figure it out before you start. So when you start, you you have it, you have everything in place to actually try to juggle successfully. But correcting while you're doing a pattern is really really hard. So why put this um, challenge on top of the already challenging thing we're trying to do? So that would be. Uh, methodolo- methodology of juggling like it's what you need to do in which order so that that would be my answer about like visualization for juggling like that's how I understand it it's like I understand visualization as a projecting the pattern onto your juggling plane before you start juggling and then just try and if it fails, it fails. But take your time. Make sure everything is in place and start again. And at the beginning, it might take some time. But once again, it's a habit. So once the habit is in place, now it doesn't take me that much time. It takes me probably a couple seconds, um, which is not that much time to invest if the impact is that your success rate goes way up for your juggling pattern, which which it does. It has a huge impact on, on you know, being very successful um, a lot, you know. I mean, I don't know, it sounds so obvious to me, but once again, maybe it doesn't make any sense what I'm saying. I don't know, like, just let me know. Does it make sense? and try it and if you try it can you feel a difference uh and i know it's hard i know it's hard also because you you if you're not doing that right now it means you actually have a different habit because everything in juggling is a habit it's like creating the right habits so i would say this is a good habit to have but if you're not doing it it means you don't have the habit so it probably means that your habit right now is just to like bend over um pick up your prop from the ground, stand up and and start juggling, not paying attention to your body and all the things I just went over, which means that is your habit. And changing habit is hard. So creating a good habit is is pretty challenging, but changing a habit is even more challenging, no matter what, no matter if you're changing from good to bad or bad to good, it doesn't matter, like changing your habit is really, really challenging. So it, it will be challenging. I'm just, just heads up, like this is tough. But I mean, that's what I was saying in the beginning is like what I'm teaching is not easy. 
I'm not teaching, like, I'm not being like, hey, I'm going to teach you a few tricks, it's going to be fun, and then you're going to go on. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm actually teaching a very complex, deep understanding of juggling, which, which I want to. I want to do that. I want to do that because, because that's, that's what juggling is to me. And I believe it can really help people. It can really help people make a huge step. Now, what I don't want necessarily is people to, to like just juggle like me or limit their understanding to, of juggling to my understanding. That's not what I'm saying. Jugg- I think juggling should be yours. But what I'm saying is that you should learn from different sources and at least try and then decide for yourself. But if you don't try and you don't have the notion of the, the things that I'm talking about, you're missing on something. It doesn't mean, you know, you're going to love it and you're going to do that, but at least at, at least decide for yourself. Mm, I, I like this part. I don't like that part. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, when I do that, I do see progress. Or well, when I do that, it doesn't really change anything for me. So I'm just going to choose the best for myself. So it's more like I want I want, I want people to be autonomous. And I don't think there's one answer for juggling. But I do think I have a lot to give and I'll have a lot of informations and it would it, it's just a shame to to miss on miss out on it and well maybe I tapped into that a little bit the third question is juggling the juggling culture outside of, of the US Europe and Japan um so what I understand is that what is the juggling culture outside of the US outside of Europe and outside of Japan, I think, the way it's written, touring with the Cirque du Soleil must have shown you a thing or two. Uh, yes, indeed, but mm, it was mostly like, with the Cirque, I mostly toured, and uh, I, I didn't mostly, I, I only toured um, North America, so Canada and the U.S., I mean, all over the Canada, Canada and the U.S., but only Canada and U.S. I didn't do a world tour with them. Um, but I did work in Russia, in China, in, in Europe, in, in many different places around the world. And I did, uh, I was very curious and, and I did learn about the different cultures. And I mean, the main juggling cultures that I know of and that I experienced are really Eastern Europe. So mostly Ukraine and Russia. It's Europe, all over Europe, and then the US and North America, let's say. And already those three, like, you know, Central Europe, Eastern Europe, and the U and North America are completely different, like like completely different approach because the the core concept is different in each of those three places, and that, that's where I really see the three major juggling uh, philosophies, kind of, of juggling. There is 
uh, Chinese and Asian juggling space, like juggling philosophy or juggling core, but they don't juggle number. They juggle uh, foot juggling, antipodism, and they juggle uh, Diablo, traditionally, in China. So you cannot really compare, like, uh, you know, like I'm referring mostly like clubs, balls, les uh, anneaux, uh, rings, that I'm mostly talking about those objects um, when I talk about juggling, although I do contact juggling a lot, which means I'm also talking about like manipulation in juggling. So the juggling family pretty big, but when I teach juggling, my juggling technique is based on juggling, throwing an object and catching it. So it's it's mainly talking about, uh, yeah, balls, rings, and clubs, and those don't exist in China. They're they're starting now to introduce them, but they're introduced by like outside uh, philosophies basically um, from from Europe from Russia and from America so I actually taught in China when I was there when I was on tour in China and passing through circus schools and uh, students would ask me like hey show me how you juggle because they just they don't have a technique they don't know how to do it so for me what really happens with the juggling philosophy is that basically in America it's overwhelmingly a sport it's 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 overwhelmingly a sport like juggling is is seen as a like a sport so there the the main focus is on like succeeding the trick which means catching the balls or the object, which means there's a there's a an overwhelming uh, attention on the catch. Um, it's not all of it is not based on the catch, but there's definitely a bigger attention and importance. Uh, put on the catch than uh, like Europe or Russia Um, and all the time so I say that because in Russia or Eastern Europe of course they want to succeed too but in, in, in Eastern Europe juggling is mostly for artists not not athletes so it's it's not a sport in Russia or in Ukraine. It's it's art. It's circus performers. They're mostly juggling to become circus performers at that level. I'm talking. You know, like there's this. I'm not saying like you know there's no hobby jugglers. There are hobby jugglers, but jugglers that are juggling at a very high level. You know, like a lot of objects. There's a lot of those jugglers in America, but not a lot of them are actually performers or making a living out of it. A lot of, and that's why I call them more athletes or 
um, sports. Like it's like a sport. It's like a hobby, but you would do it as a sport, like as a high level skilled sport. In in Russia or even in Europe, most now in Europe there's a lot of hobby jugglers too. But I would say mostly in Ukraine and in Russia, when you're juggling high level, it's because you're a circus performer, which means you do focus on catching the the object when you're performing. But it's not necessarily an objective you have while you're practicing, which actually frees your mind um, to focus more of your like brain space on throwing and creating a perfect pattern than like on average people have in America because in America people are putting more attention so if you're like thinking like okay I have like a hundred percent of brain space and how do I you know like uh, distribute my attention so if you put like one percent of your attention on catching and 99 percent of your attention on actually having your body in the right position doing a proper movement throwing in the right place having everything in place you have more chances of doing a nice uh, successful pattern than if in america you have maybe like 40 percent of your brain space on I need to catch those balls to qualify and 60% of your attention on throwing and doing the right pattern. It, you know, like it's just, then your pattern is going to be more messy on average. You might catch more often. So, but it's because the value of juggling in America is based on catching and qualifying is the value for me that's not my value system i value the juggling based on the quality of the pattern and i actually don't care if uh you catch the balls or not you catch the object or not i don't i don't care for me doing a like juggling the same amount of time the same number of repetition on the pattern and having a beautiful pattern and not catching, or having a whole messy pattern and catching them, I definitely prefer the beautiful pattern and not catching. Because the not catching, for me, is just a matter of luck, bad luck. Oh, you you missed it that time, but the pattern was good. So you when you, you juggle and the pattern is good, you actually, you remember, juggling is a question of habit, so basically you're creating the right habit. So if the pattern's good, you're creating the right habit in your brain, in your neuron, in your in the neural pathways that are created in your muscle, your muscle memory. All of that is actually repeating the right thing. You're actually doing the right thing. You're working the right way. And so you're reinforcing the right patterns and the right habits. If you're doing a shitty pattern and it's all over the place and you catch them, you have an immediate reward of catching the balls and having a sense of, oh, I succeeded because the value is on catching the balls. But the pattern was was shitty. So you're actually just strengthening, reinforcing a bad pattern 
So it's actually where you put the value. And it's true that in America, there's this sense of like immediate reward. Uh, it, it, it's highly valued in America. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, obviously, but like, why does fast food exist in America? Because it's immediate reward. It's, it's sugary, it's sweet, it tastes like it's the taste is easy. It's kick it's kicking like all sorts of stuff in your brain and your your uh, uh, what is it like your 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 endocrine endo, system? I don't know the names of all that shit, but basically, it's an immediate reward. It's creating a chemical reaction in your body eating a terrible tasty hamburger that's just literally killing you because of the fat because of everything and we we know that we can prove it scientifically proven but people still eat it because there's an immediate reward linked to it even though it's literally killing you it's the same thing with like smoking cigarettes it's like there's an immediate kick immediate reward you, you it's it's actually chemically doing something to your brain and bringing and it's uh creating pleasure and it's but we know it's killing us right but some people are still deciding to do it so it's like immediate reward is easy and i feel that you know doing a trick and catching the balls has this immediate reward like i did it but it's like where's the quality like I did it poorly, but I did it. And that doesn't have value to me. The only value I have is if you perform a beautiful pattern. And then, so that's why I don't put value on catching. I do put value on catching when I'm on stage. And that's where, when I'm on stage, I don't care anymore about the pattern. And so if I do a shitty pattern and I catch the ball, I'm fine with that because... I know that the audience is not as skilled to see the pattern as I am or the jugglers. They're not going to really see the difference that much. I mean, they're going to feel the difference if it's a beautiful pattern or if it's a shitty pattern. There is a difference and they're going to experience it. But like the, the audience is, is, is expecting me to catch the balls because that's my job. And that's where the overall value is, is oh, you succeeded, you catch, you caught them, means you succeeded. So when I'm on stage, I'm going to do that. I don't care about the form. I'm going to try my best, but what I care about is doing the trick and catching it. But I'm not going to do that in my juggling practice, practice because during the juggling practice, once again, if I focus on that only, I'm just going to reinforce a bad pattern. So in my juggling practice, I don't care. And in a way... Because in America, most jugglers are not performers. There's no, there's no duality. They're like kind of like always performing, maybe. Like so, also because if if you're recording yourself all day long and you want to catch it once, so you can have a video, so you can put it online and tell the world, "Hey, I did it. I was able to juggle thirteen balls." Uh, okay, once, maybe after you know like month and month of trying and it's like this for me this has no value because i if i was if i would do that i couldn't bring it on stage so when i my value as a performer is that what i'm practicing i need to 
to control it and own it to a certain degree so I can take the risk to bring it on stage and do it consistently on stage, which means doing it like twice a day, every day, all the fucking time, not just once because I got lucky and I got it on video. So there is a very big difference here. And um, yeah, I would say that that's one of the huge uh, philosophical differences in juggling between Eastern Europe and America. And also it triggers down to the technique. And that's why I see a lot of uh, American jugglers that have a very poor technique, that the technique is not in place uh, because of this overwhelming focus on catching and, uh, you know, qualifying or breaking records or whatever. And in in Russia, once again, everybody, every highly skilled jugglers, or when I say Russia, it's more like Eastern Europe, like Ukraine, Russia, and probably other smaller um, countries over there. They're they're mostly performers, so they 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 need to be safe. They need to do a trick and 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 do it consistently. So they're they're more aware of the form of the patterns and on, on being uh, very consistent uh, with their juggling. So they, I'm not sure they don't care about dropping the ball. This is more like my personal philosophy. Like I don't, I don't care about dropping. And when I teach, I really don't care about dropping. I just want to see a, a nice pattern. The, the catching is going to come at secondary Um, in Europe, it's kind of like in between. There's there's so much variety in Europe, and there's so much creativity coming from there. Uh, I would say Japan too. Like in Japan, they're very creative. They have their their own like rhythm and style. But I've always been interested in the difference because i mean and you you see it like you know there's competition in america juggling competition and juggling records and there's always this drive like that like you don't really see that in the rest of the world like pure competition like it's like more festivals like people come together to to do festivals and I mean I know in America they do too it's not only competition but like this like highly competitive space is mainly exist in America it doesn't really exist in Russia like they are they are very competitive in Russia but but on stage as as performers and I say that and I also saw and met and 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 saw jugglers in Russia that didn't care about the f- proper form of their technique and they just wanted to like do it over and over again doesn't matter the form so there is everything everywhere i'm i'm making generalities here right like i'm not just saying everybody is like this everybody is like that but i i saw a trend and tendencies and uh kind of like a f- underlying philosophy underneath the juggling but I'm, I'm not saying um, people are limited to that and that's pretty much what I want to bring in America and in the rest of the world is like the sense of like 
a higher quality of pattern, of technique, of awareness around juggling, which is basically a higher quality of yourself while juggling. But juggling is kind of like an excuse to get to a higher awareness of yourself because juggling is so complex and has so many different um, levels you can work on. It's the best, most wonderful tool for me to, to use to discover yourself and work on yourself. So please, if, if it makes sense, tell me. And if it doesn't make sense, tell me. Uh, or what I would love to is start getting questions from you that whatever you're wondering about juggling, um, about my way or anything that can come in, it doesn't have to be about me, it can be about anything. Obviously, I'll probably answer you through my own eyes and my filter because that's what it's about it's my podcast and it's me so i'm obviously going to give you a biased answer uh, that is mold on my opinion and my experience but i'd love if you're interested in hearing my opinion on stuff and how wouldn't you i'm so amazing um please please do do that like send me questions send me feedback, send me questions. And I'd love for you to try the um, my juggling school and do the same. Send me feedback and I'll, I ju- I'm just creating this thing out of thin air and, and it's super exciting. So if you find this podcast valuable, you can support me in many ways. You can do it by rate, review and share it. That's the first step. And then the second step is that I started a patron account which uh, can actually help me get uh, some sort of like steady income which would be so freaking amazing to like know that every month I have like something coming in so I can stop freaking out Uh, that would be really amazing so patron.com find me Cyril Rabat and then just become a patron I want to explore that space and i haven't figured out exactly what i'm going to be giving to patrons but i'm like i'm already giving so much outside of patreon like my podcast my juggling school that you can take for free and uh other resources like the youtube videos and you know tutorials that i'm slowly making and putting out there it's like all of that is uh free and so if you want to support me because i'm doing cool stuff you can do that but eventually i want to add a layer to patron where i start sharing my experience kind of like my intimate experience going through all that creative process maybe some stuff that i don't necessarily talk about in my podcast or on other places kind of like the behind the scene stuff not that it's going to be like exclusive content but just like to share stuff there that really people that are interested in, uh, not only interested, but like willing to support me. It's like such a, I already have three patron and it makes me so happy uh, because it really means those people believe in me and, and, and want to support me in a very meaningful way by 
being being a patron so this is like so freaking amazing so it's like opening a, a very safe space to be like oh there's some things that i can share with no filter there not that i really put any filter anyway but you know and then you can buy props uh at play juggling um my friend davide has his company his juggling company in, in italy and he makes the best props ever and you know how i feel about those so there's a promo code that might change but i don't know check in the show notes i'm waiting for him to maybe send me like a an easier promo code that would be like just my fucking name instead of his crazy weird number and letter thing so check that out uh it's 10 off And normally I get a commission. I never got a commission yet because the system is not in place. But what I know is that you're getting a discount. That That is working. And I just want you to have the best juggling props ever. So, yeah, just go get it. And uh, the Dancing with Gravity podcast is researched, engineered, produced, edited, and performed by me. The theme music is composed and performed by Head on Television. And thanks for listening to the show. And remember, failure is an essential part of juggling. But failing is not the problem. The problem is not learning from your failures. So get out there and juggle, fail, learn, repeat. Repeat.